Welcome to FIO on the Air, the voice of the festivals and events industry in Ontario. Please welcome our CEO and your host, Dave McNeil. Hello and welcome to FIO on the Air. Today we've got Judy Haber joining us. Judy comes from a sponsorship background and, and was one of our keynote speakers at our conference. Judy, welcome. Thank you. Lovely to be here. A lot has changed since uh, 40, 50 days ago when, when we were at the conference and we were all getting set to go out into the market and launch our festivals, uh, you know, rebuild our packages, rethink our sponsor base, and then all of a sudden COVID-19 hits. What's your recommendation on what our festivals should be doing now with their sponsors and their partners as, as we're trying to get answers on what a new festival season might look like, when groups of people might start to get together. What should they be thinking about with their sponsor base? Well, similar to the conversation we had 60 days ago when I presented on the subject uh, to the group, my recommendation was to look at categories that are making money. That was pre-COVID and even now. There are categories that are making money. And I referenced... Uh, some case studies that have retailers as title sponsors, whether it's a Shoppers Drug Mart or a Canadian Tire or a Rexall or your local grocery store who's owned by Jane or Jim, they're busy. And they may not be able to cut a large check, but if they're collaborative and they want the visibility, they should be able to leverage their business relationships because they have a lot of suppliers, the Jim and Jane grocery store. Everyone's got one in their community, even if you're a population of a thousand. So I would be talking to them about ideally being a title sponsor and what benefits they would enjoy, i.e. more foot trade. So pick up your kit there or whatever gifts are there pre or post event happen at the grocery store and then more important how we can use the grocery stores uh, relationships with uh, their suppliers to get cash and and start thinking about the small guys because a lot of us are small a lot of us work in small markets uh, and they want to participate in your event uh, so that's number one and number two I would look at how to add value to your event even if it's 2020, uh, with the hope that you are executing in the fall. We talked at the, at the conference a couple months ago about sponsor support from media and how often we go and ask for it for free. And my recommendation is to actually pay for it so that uh, radio in particular, so it's pre and post event, uh, and then take some money out of the sponsorship so that you can negotiate with radio four to one, five to one, seven to one return on investment, thanking all the sponsors, whether it's the Remax or their local grocery store or the local automotive, that gives you legs. That gives your event legs. Sponsorship should be all about pre and post event. The event is just for sponsors. It's just nice to have, but start thinking about your event as a pre, what you can do for sponsors pre event and post event. And Judy, you've in a, in a conversation uh, in advance of this uh, podcast, you were talking to me that you know you've you've had success in in, in selling sponsorships and 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 nailing down contracts through this uh, pandemic. 
can you share some of the tips that uh, that you use to do that? Well, yes, um, and again, same tips that I would use during COVID or pre-COVID and post-COVID. Do your research. Research is ninety percent of your time before you call your prospect. Know what who he or she competes with. Is there one automotive in the community or is there two or three? Is there one real estate agent? Is there one grocery store? Do your research. And if there is more than one, they compete with one another, I can assure you. So you have to offer category exclusivity. And are they trying to trump one another, for lack of better words? Um, certainly in the market that I'm working in, in Southern Ontario, there's a lot of the Trump behavior. If Sam's doing that, I wanna do this, or I wanna do it bigger or better. So do your research is, is before you make your call. And I'm, I'm just wondering, um, you know, a lot of festivals, their revenue streams are either from ticket sales, 64% of our festivals are free festivals to the public. That's not to say there's not cost to the organizers. Um, and sponsorship and granting opportunities are the other two main revenue streams. Have you seen anything in the sponsorship area that, that are predicting that it's going to be down certain percentages as we move forward? Or, or have you seen any data to support any of that? I haven't. But, you know, my comment in terms of the free festivals is uh, I would make a great effort. And, and to be perfectly honest, the Rib Fest do this very well to collaborate with a charity. And if you can have an exit and an entrance gate of some sort for these free festivals, um, to ask for a donation, you could potentially work with one charity or many charities within the community. They will help with your attendance and your fundraising. And I appreciate you also are fundraising, but the boys and the girls clubs or the food banks or all these participating charities uh, people will remember that pre and post event and particularly if you can gift them give them a bag of goodies whatever that may be or, or a cap or whatever it is that, that they can sample and if it costs them a toonie or some people will give five you know you can give on your own terms so i would i would really focus on building your attendance and doing that through uh, partnerships with with other organizations in the community and I think that's important to remember because that's one of my biggest fears through this whole pandemic is the amount of service clubs and not-for-profits and charities that run these events through, through basically the spring and summer and into the fall. It's their largest fundraiser for a lot of these foundations and charities and service clubs. So without that revenue stream, the, the service that they provide to the communities might not be there in the coming years. So it's, I agree it's very important to to partner with them. More collaboration, just like you said, amongst user groups. When you're reimagining your festival, and, and you know, I, I think a lot of our larger scale festivals, you see they're canceling this year, rethinking 2021. For those that are, are reimagining what a fall might look like and, and social distancing built into that, are there social distancing opportunities that are out there that can help build that sponsor base? Again, I think it's going to create a terrific opportunity for sponsors, believe it or not, because it's, there's going to be more content available. Um, so some of, a, some of the festivals need to start thinking about what kind of content they can provide 
uh, to festival users that is potentially sponsored by. If there's an opportunity that, to provide education, the experience is going to become much more virtual and more valuable because people can have that experience at home. So, Judy, in conclusion, as we're all working our way through this, your, your recommendation is to stand your ground, revisit your deck, and what else would you suggest people do as they, as they start moving towards uh, a 2021 relaunch and, and rebuilding? I think it's very exciting to take the time, do it well in 2021. Don't spend a lot of time on your decks because as everyone knows, a deck should be one page and it's not about you, it's about the sponsor. And work your way backwards. If, you're, but if you need it, $200,000 or $100,000 from sponsorship or whatever the number is, work your way backwards, what you need to sell title for, what you need presenter for, and who are the ideal prospects. Get out of the nickel and dime business, as I've always said, $1,000 is not sponsorship. $500 is, they can be a friend of the fair, they can be a patron of the fair, but start, start focusing on the 5000 the 7500 the $10,000 deals. Keep exclusivity at the top of the list and get help. Get help. Don't try to do it alone. Judy, we really appreciate uh, the time you've given us and, and the advice you've shared at our conferences and in our sessions and through these podcasts. And hopefully as we move through this pandemic and we get a, a better view of what it looks like coming out of it, we can revisit and, and, and resample and, and share some new ideas that, that may have come up in the interim. So thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate everything you had to offer. Thank you. Geez, everybody, remember the frontline workers, they're the people that are keeping everybody safe through this pandemic. Uh, you know, our hats off to you and especially to those that also serve as volunteers on our many festival events throughout the province. We can't thank you enough. I'm Dave McNeil, and this is Theo on the Air. Thanks for listening to FIO on the Air, the voice of festivals and events in Ontario. Festivals and Events Ontario has entered the world of podcasting with FIO on the Air. Join us as we sit down and chat with the movers and shakers of the festivals and events community. The goal is to share insight, advice, planning techniques, and overall strategy with you, our FIO members. On the next podcast, would you like us to interview someone specific, cover a particular topic, answer a question? Let us know. FIO on the Air wants to give you what you need to succeed. Contact us now, Dave at festivalsandeventsontario.ca.